recording right now. Um, cool. Welcome to That's Good a Thing podcast number five right now. Uh, I'm here today with uh, Al, f- formerly known or still known as Hot Rod Al uh, from uh, the shop Hot Rod Scooters. Um, Al, I'll give you the floor here. Introduce yourself. Uh, yep, Lee said it. Uh, <laughs> my name is Al and uh, Al Harpum. Originally from Southern California, moved to Fresno and started uh, Hot Rod Scooters. And uh, that was uh, 2002 when we started, and we took it to 2017, closed the doors. Um, still eight vintage scooters personally, and still working on development for uh, other two-stroke industries. So still uh, still doing it, still loving it. But uh, uh, the vintage stuff, I'm now just a spectator and enjoying it with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, um we have this reoccurring section on our show where we talk about what you're writing or what are you working on right now. So I'd like to hear a, what are you writing and B, what are you working on right now? Is there anything specific that you were wrenching on developing on? So yeah, right now, um, I finally got to build a P 200 for myself after about 10 years. Uh, and it's, uh, uh, chassis that my friend, uh, Dave Dubner, uh, rode to um, Italy and then t- to Milan. Uh, but basically, they went from San Francisco to New York, shipped over to England, met with the Packer guys there, rode uh, across England, had it ferried over, pre-channel, uh, rode over the Alps into Italy, and I uh, got uh, with him and like four of the guys got furthest ridden. Um, and then it was Ray, so it's, it's pretty cool history, uh, kind of a charmed bike. Uh, and then I built a rally engine with a cast iron uh, Polini 208, heavily modified, um, custom crank, cases welded, ported. Uh, it's my commuter bike, so I'm not looking for a lot of power, so I'm using the Vortex 20, the V20, and uh, an early example of a Simonini um, pipe, which is more like, um, actually it's more like a box pipe, mm-hmm. but it's in the shape of an expansion chamber. Uh, so a really cool 80s sound. Um, and, uh, you know, it still does like 70, 70 something, but, uh, you know, it, it pulls hard. It's yeah. Fun. I like those early, uh, Simoninis. I actually have one waiting for me. Uh, I don't want to pay for shipping. So I'm just waiting for a friend to, you know, to meet up so I can pick it up. Is it got the, uh, the pea shooter or does it have a silencer? I think it has a silencer. So the one I'm talking about is the very first edition that has no silencer. Uh-huh. Okay. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. So it just has the little pea shooter like the vintage uh, two-stroke pipes would have, mm-hmm. right? But they had to. So, but inside it has like a perforated uh, piece of steel that gives it like a muffler effect. So the front part of the pipe still has an expansion chamber uh, shape mm-hmm. to it. So it's still drafting. Um, Can you let me out the gate? I'm doing a podcast right now. Oh, okay. We can take um, a break. That's fine. Alright. A few moments later. Um, we were talking about the Simonini pipe and you were explaining why the pea shooter and not the silencer. Oh yeah, so the uh <clears throat> I came across um a Ginelli that was the transition of the pea shooter <clears throat> because it had a bolt on silencer which was really did like hardly anything. But inside the Simonini is like a muffler, uh, like a muffler plate, mm-hmm. 
So it's like a box. It's like the box pipes, you know, that that's all the rage right now, like the uh, big box yeah. and all that, and SIP, you know, Evo and all that. Uh, so it actually has the, all the front part, the shape, the diffuser of the expansion chamber, so that helps, like, the megalodella. You know, and all those pipes that have, like, the, I tried, yeah, I tried the, the diverging cone. I, I had one here for testing. Right, so uh, it's kind of like that. Instead of terminating in a box shape, they kept it looking like, a, uh, like an expansion chamber because that was cool. Uh, but, you know, they kept the sound down by putting the muffler circuit inside of it, and they have it exit out the, the pea shooter. But when you get a pack of them, it's too loud. So that's when they started doing the silencers. And then they started actually putting codes on the silencer that that silencer was legally, you know, bonded for being so many dBs. That's why you look at the new silencers and they have all that information on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, yeah. I, that's actually what I was looking I, – I did this post a few weeks ago where I was looking for, a, like, an old-school, real old-school tuning pipe, something like that. And I eventually all I got was Simonini's with silencer, so I, I, I guess I buckled and I just said yes. Uh, uh, well, actually, you know, it's uh, if you put like a patone, a patone is uh, uh, is very similar to the. So they had a baffless patone, which is just like crazy loud, and the patone bolted on like like right underneath the gear selector, which made the right hand clearance even worse, right? Yeah. Uh, but they got an amazing 80 sound. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. I um. Do you, you know Jim Stoffergan up here in Ohio? Yeah. 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 So he had uh, he had so. this red SS 200 uh, Grimstead edition, and he 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 still dreams about it. And it's, it's always the bike that he should never have sold. But um, uh. he showed me a video, and that things just sounded so good. The piston, the, the combination of the piston ported engine, right, with like a this weird 1980s pipe, right. pea shooter pipe that he had. He he can't even remember sure. the name, and I've, all my googling and research has not come up with much. Well, it could have been a Simonini pea shooter. So I'll I'll, I'll try, and I, at least I want to emulate it. So I'm hoping someone has one somewhere, and they think they got nothing. I would love to. If you're out there and you're listening, I want your exhaust. Uh, and somewhere I posted on, it might be on Hot Rod Scooter page, um, or it might be on my personal page, but I painted it, I, you know what, I'm not sure if I upload that to my Hot Rod Scooter page, but I, uh, painted it with temperature paint, mm -hmm. uh, so you can see what the actual profile looks like. Oh, interesting, okay. Yeah. I mean, it looks just like a Panasco pipe, but instead of having the little, you know, bazooka silencer... It has a little turned-up uh, pea shooter. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, I'll look into that. Yeah, I I want to I want to do something uh, with my SS, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. So you've been you've been riding your uh, your P two hundred. Yes, and I have the notes uh, for the two hundred cc um, super sports or whatever you call them. You know, the big bore super sports. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Rally 180 piston and the P200 piston. I have the port notes for that, and I'm, I share them uh, freely. I think I found them on the page. You sent them to me a while ago too. If you don't mind, I'll happily share them through that scooter thing. That'd be something cool. I'll let it absolutely share everything. Uh, I don't like the idea that you know. I mean, the the tooling knowledge that I learned, mm -hmm. I'm sharing for free. I don't mean to hurt anybody's business by 
revealing secrets or ideas or you know, but shortcuts or whatever they are. Uh, but uh, anything that I've learned, I want to share with you know, so the knowledge can continue to grow. And you never know who you inspire; they could take it to many levels that you never even that I never even considered. Yeah. Uh, and that's the only way you can do that is by passing on the information. Yeah, Phantom, it's 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 really scribbles, right? <laughs> 2014, 200 uh, CCSS Alpha. Yeah, I see the notes here. We'll decipher them and I'll uh, I'll put them up. I want to I want to take oh, my my, uh, my cylinder off. And I remember we talked uh, about the right. 200 cylinder. I'll probably uh, I'll probably get that from you. But I want to write. I wrote my SS recently. That's what I've been writing. I wrote it. Uh, we wrote it to dinner, my wife and I, for the first time. Oh, cool. And, uh, I mean, I usually write my P with you know disc brakes and lowered fork and all that stuff. And you get back into something from the 60s, and it writes like garbage. Especially here on the back roads, and it's still awesome. It's great. Uh, yeah, because the personality. Yeah. Uh, that's the same with the Limbrettas. Mm -hmm. So, what are you working on? Do you have anything in the making? I'm working on my friend's. Uh, I'm working on my friend's TV175, which is now an RB20 kit, um, and it came from an area that's like by the ocean. So everything that we touch is broke and. So, but uh, I know some of the pictures are on my Facebook page. Like, I modified the disc brake on it, um, ported the cylinder, machined ahead for it, built the crank. Um, it's using like a variatronic, and now it's back to re cable because the old cables finally just started corroding the, you know, they just, they're dying. So it's time to re cable it, and hopefully it'll be able to live a long, happy life in San Francisco, which is another by the sea community. Wait, isn't. So, but it sees bad, right? You'll have all rust. But the rest there, of everything the rest is, of California is yeah. great because it doesn't rain. Yeah, it's dry, right? We yeah. we don't know that we uh, only have rain here in Ohio. Rain and sun, and mostly sometimes we have it four times alternating during the day. What? Where are you Ohio. exactly? What? <laughs> uh. Huh. You guys move out to California. No, the dream. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of. Well, there's different parts of there's different parts of California. So I mean, like where I live, it's more like the Midwest. I mean, literally, like we're in the middle of California and we're on the west. But it's like an Aggie town, so it's still small. I mean, there's a lot of people here, and finally, there's more diversity. I mean, it was really an Aggie town. Uh, you know, when I first moved here, like 20 years ago. Uh, but now it's like it's got a cool art scene and, you know, there's design and there's like a bicycle scene. I mean, so it's finally like their downtown has been revitalized, still revitalizing. Um, but uh, there's all these different little communities around. It depends like how small town do you want to go. Um, they're in California. Do you have a scooter scene in your town? Uh, we have – it's going to – it's – Going through like another uh, rebirth, uh, there was a scooter club, and you know, as scooter clubs do, people get older, they have families, you know, people go their own ways. Or I got into mopeds and cafe racers, and uh, but now uh, there's a handful of people that are building them and getting them ready and starting to ride. Uh, there's a guy named Eric Swanson from Florida, originally from New York, but lived in Florida for a while. Well, he now lives in Fresno rent space in my building here uh, and uh, he's like 
done courses back east. I mean, he's like a super scooterist, and so he's breathing like new life into the area. And so a handful of other uh, locals are, you know, who are pretty shy and just kind of doing little light rides uh, are now like going to the rides of March and doing some, you know, longer rides, which is pretty cool. And you know, so we'll see. Hopefully, I think that uh, if we do shape up another. Uh, 10, 15 people that don't have a club because I think the club somehow puts a weird charge in it. If the people just say, we're going to ride this time in the uh, month, uh, be here to ride, and if you don't, see you next time. You know, And no like, obligations or weird stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what we're at. We're just a group of friends who meet up and, and ride or wrench or mostly wrench. Right. Um, what this is an interesting transition because you've been doing this for a while, right? You've been into scooters. Uh, I mean, you said hot rod scooters existed since what, 2002? Uh, 2002 is when we um, sold our first Vortex to uh, Mike Heightens. So I consider that uh, Mike Heightens is ground zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he won the first uh, Cannonball Run using the Vortex. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, and he's actually in the picture, and it was in Scoot Quarterly. He's wearing a hot rod scooter shirt. That was an awesome launch, you know, for the beginning yeah. of it. Um, but um, it's, yeah, so that's what I consider, like, the beginning of a 2002. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, and then, um, you know, things got slow, and I tried to change with the industry getting more into Lambrettas, and uh, just wasn't able to quite do that. Um, and the Vespa industry, um, like the manufacturers, I know Panasco got linked up with some tuners because that's when Panasco started doing all that crazy, like, cool stuff. Um, but uh, all the manufacturers must got with tuners in their areas, paid them as consultants because all the stuff that people would buy and have to be matched to whatever their engine setup was or altered just to be corrected like Panasco's. All that stuff is coming perfect out of the box now. It totally eliminated my industry. And uh, so I started trying to get into the Lombretta stuff, and uh, the Lombretta market is just really kind of exclusive. Um, and uh, that's just the way it goes. So then uh, I got into the moped industry. Thank you, Treatland, mopeds. Save my ass. And uh, now we do, like, you know, anywhere from 800 to 1,000 heads for them a year. Um, and we developed like a whole uh, like line of heads for them, so it was cool. Oh damn, a thousand heads a year—that's that's something. Yeah. Wow. Between eight hundred yeah. and a thousand, depending. You know, I've, I've been doing it for about three years. Uh, and what like they didn't have any modified heads. The same thing I was doing for the scooter mm-hmm. industry. It was kind of like taking like a step back in time, which is really awesome because. The all the moped kids are super enthusiastic and about building them their own. You know, doing like I mean, it's it's just like the scooter scene was like in the 80s, right? And they're totally like into the two strokes, and their industry was lacking heads that were actually machined for the kids. Just like when I got into it for the vintage scooters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I uh, every time I have to build a Polini 177 or a DR, you cry a little when you look at their heads. You know, like it's it's 2019, well, guys. Uh, the uh, Polini heads, volume-wise, yeah, they have the jockey yeah. cap, but volume-wise, and actually, and then there's nothing wrong with the jockey cap, especially when you have a forced air-cooled engine, okay. because they have a cooling issue, and the uh, off-center jockey cap is a band-aid to put 
the heat on the cold side of the cylinder, which is the intake side. So it still works today because of the design of the cylinder. Um, and the squish and the volume is perfect. The, the Pliny 177 head is actually badass, even though it's like ancient looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's really cool is you can take a Pliny head and put it on a DR, yes. and then it makes the, it makes the DR wake up. Yeah, yeah. And then the cool thing about the DR head is that you can use it on a Pellini 190 stroker kit because it has the right volume. It squishes a little much, but um, if you don't use a head gasket, I mean, don't use a base gasket, no head gasket, um, and if maybe take a little bit off the head, then uh, the squish in the volume is correct. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. I did my uh, when I did my 225 Penasco. I have that um, direct intake kit that they. Uh... That they like announced last year. Oh, the new generation stuff, yeah, with the uh, with the cart carburetor, right? No, 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 no. This is uh, it has reeds on the cylinder. Yeah, and it uses the uh, doesn't it use like a Walbro carburetor, or pump no, carburetor, no, or something? No, no, you can put any carb. It's got like uh, an RD three fifty reed setup, and you can use any carb you want. But I, okay, it, it's yeah, cool. definitely, I, I think it definitely came from that generation of you know where they used the uh, the Walbro carbs and that kind of stuff. Um, well, but I, I did uh, that well, and I, I, I checked all my, I checked my compression ratio and it was way up there, right? It's like, uh, okay, I'm going to have to uh, decompress it a little bit at this point. Cause it's a bit, uh, it's a bit much, but when I built my sure. wife's, uh, Polini stroked engine, hers was just shy of 10, 10 to one, like 9.8 to one compared to you know a bit more modern heads but i did i did have a a, a cylinder head made by john geek on that one right by john john geek oh well he didn't make the head what do you mean is he machining heads he was for a while i think i got it from him he was yeah because i was meeting i was machining i was machining heads for john so depending on how long how far back um that was that could have been head that I machined, um, but I know that John's neighbor was like a machinist, and I thought that John bought like a mill or something like that. So, I mean, it doesn't take much to correct the volume, and you know, if you're not changing the squish angle uh, or the relationship to the deck of the head, um, opening up the volume is not rocket science. Take some out, measure it. Take some more out, measure it. So I can see John, you know, with his mill and the instruction of his neighbor, who was a seasoned machinist, to totally do that. But I, I didn't know that John was doing heads. And this was, well, this was what, 2000, early 2017, late 2016. Well, yeah. Uh, well, I think by that time you could buy any, like, by then you could buy any head for any application. Mm-hmm. Like if you needed a a head for a two thirteen, right? Because the the old heads the old heads that came with the two thirteen were twenty seven cc's and had like two and a half millimeters of squish, and then the the stock height of a Panasco is the same stock height of a stock P two hundred cylinder or rally cylinder, and so there's a a millimeter and a half. Um, the 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 piston is a millimeter and a half below the deck. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you add, add so the Panasco with the 57 millimeter stroke is already a one and a half millimeters below the deck, starting with a squish. Then with the head, 
It adds another like two, two and a half, right? Something crazy when you add it all up. And the volume is still uh, not enough for it to run on pump gas. It's only 27 cc's, and for a 213 with the correct amount of squish, like, you know, one and a half millimeters or less, should be about 29 to 30 cc's. Yeah. If you're measuring it with a flat plate. No, this thing was nice. It was um, not too aggressively compressed, and we, we rode it everywhere, forever. And uh, are you talking about the are you talking about the Stroker? Yeah, Stroke Polini. Oh yeah, well the uh, Stroker Polini or Pernasco? Polini. Oh yeah, so the new two twenty one. Oh no no no, sorry, I'm talking about a, a one ninety. Okay, cool. I, my, my wife and, had a uh, one ninety, and I have the two twenty five. But she now since switched to a her Stella has a Molossi engine in it with a two twenty one in it. Oh wow! Do you mean the uh, Stroker Sport? Uh, no, this was an old school two ten. Stroke? Yes. Yeah. So what do they call them? Chargers? Two twenty chargers? <laughs> yeah. But it's, it, she loves it. It's 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 got this. I put a box exhaust on it, and it just rides like a four stroke almost. Because uh, the one that I um, after that Polini, we built a Pinasco RX one ninety which is their like top of the line for the 150 engine that they do. It's got like a, a well, boost ported exhaust in like a three uh, thingy exhaust. And I had a, a, a exhaust made by pipe design out of Germany. And I, it scared the crap out of me to the point where I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna ride this. It was, it was, it really? was yeah, no joke. It was right. It was like riding a CR 250. Um, what was the cylinder again? Nasco RX one ninety. The ports are huge. I'll, yeah. I'll send you some pictures later. And I didn't do much. Cool. All I did was I just matched, you know, the ports uh, in the cases. Oh, yeah. uh, I played a little bit with the exhaust timing. I raised it up a little, but that's about it. It was a great, cool. it was a great engine. I still have the cylinder. I'm, uh, I'm gonna build it for someone for an old state. He, I don't think. We'll see what what he thinks of it on eight inch. <laughs> uh, well, you're gonna put the up gear kit in it, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This was running. Yeah. This was running uh, on on the in the Stella on ten inch at uh, sixty three twenty four. And it was still it was still ridiculous. That's right. Cool. It was fun. I, yeah. All my engines have been fun so far. So. What was I go? I was going somewhere with this. I asked you about the scene yeah so you're saying there's there's new blood coming in that's you know i don't want to use that term too much but you think the future of the well, scooter scene is somewhere else from what i've heard because someone came by today who who used to build um Ma uh, metropolis you know ruckus that kind of stuff yeah. stretched bikes who now is getting yes. into the vespa scene and oh, when cool. you think about i love the build quality on many of those bikes people really take their time to getting stuff perfect sure that i'm really excited to see what he will come up with uh with a yeah, what he brings old, to yeah, it what he will bring to the yeah. table yeah that's right yeah that's uh i try to see if i could ride my p200 with the local uh ruckus grom guys they didn't like the idea <laughs> that's okay uh, originally, I built my my Honda uh, Hobbit moped, but we got so involved with the design business, the two-stroke stuff had to be second. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so I don't know. I have a couple more modifications I got to do on my moped, but I think their scene is like disbanded now. It used to be really strong. Um, and oddly enough, I think the police would like bust them because some of the 49cc guys wouldn't get, um, what's called, they wouldn't get their licenses. And so, you know, they ended up kind of busting up. Sorry, I'm, I, this is like Pollen Valley right now, so this is crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, so they has they used to have like a really big active group, nice guys, really cool. And that's why I was trying to build my Honda moped to go ride with them. Mm-hmm. And then I was gonna put my trying to build a small frame to go with them. And then by the time I got my P200, I think the little scene kind of fell apart. And you know, I'm 51. You know, they'd be like, oh. Well, we don't want to hang around you, dude. <laughs> I'm stoked. We're having an event uh, next weekend. The first Dead Scooter thing, like, little event here in Cincinnati where I'm sending people on any bike or whatever on a scavenger hunt around the city so they can guide themselves and find their own way and ride. But we'll have a little park, parking oh. lot meetup, and I'm hoping to, you know, bring together uh, Groms and Supermoto people. I have a little of response from each group. Then the scooter, scooter folks, I have some guys coming down from Chicago, uh, from, up from Wisconsin, and motorcycle people, just to get everyone on the same, you know, in the same parking lot, pointing at each other's bikes and start talking about it, instead of, you know, from the distance and then yeah. silently judging and walking away. Um, you know, and that's cool, because uh, sometimes you can get uh, cross-pollination. Exactly. Um, Sometimes people that are into whatever they choose, uh, they have to feel that that's like the best, uh, and everything else sucks. And you know that's just a personal thing for them. Um, but you find the people are just like they can appreciate anything. It's like wow, you enjoyed that. That's got a motor, some kind of brakes, goes fast. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked. Four, and it's on 420, which is hilarious. Um. That's right. <laughs> But uh, you you were saying earlier that um, you did the Vortex Carb. Can you can you tell us here a bit about what the Vortex Carb is? Because that's I'm stoked about what how you ended so, up doing what you did. You know. Okay, so when I moved to uh, I'm originally from Southern California, and originally from San Fernando Valley, and we would ride Mulholland, and then we would take uh, Mulholland Highway to the Rock Store, um, which is like a notorious uh, canyon racing spot. Um, Jay Leno would go there, like, you know, just all kinds of celebrities. I think the last time I was there with my friend with our art, uh, we took his RDs, his Yamaha RD 350 400s. Um, I'm pretty sure Danny Elfman was there and took our picture. But, you know, I haven't seen him in so long, right? Uh, but I'm almost positive, you know, going back and looking at pictures, what it looks like now, that Danny Elfman was there on his BMW, you know, crotch rocket, you know, early, right? But anyways... Um, but in Southern California, you can have whatever size carburetor you want. And I had a 35-millimeter carburetor on my modified stock cylinder Vespa. And, you know, in Los Angeles, there's gas stations everywhere, everywhere, right? I get to Fresno, and the only place to ride is 40 minutes out of town. And there's maybe a gas station out there, right? So I wanted to figure out how can I, you know, so we got to use stock carburetors in order to have the range to be able to ride out there, ride in the canyons, maybe hit the gas station on the way back, right? Um, and so that started um, thinking like, okay, what can we do to de-restrict it? Well, then I started working for a company called High Rev Engineering, which is a pro cart shop. 
and they, we specialize in Italian engines, direct drives, all kinds of stuff. And they would have these um, custom-made um, billet pumper carburetors that were for like you know the high-end um, kart racing. Yeah. And then after seeing all these different ways to carburate, like I mean injectors, and I mean we're, I was just exposed to all kinds of crazy stuff working for high rev engineering and Mark Sartarian. Um, that uh, it opened my eyes on what carburation could be, right? Like you could actually go in there and modify stuff, and then as long as you knew what the modification was going to affect, then you could kind of control what was going to happen. And after modifying the Vortex, it went through eight generations, and I actually have nine and ten written down in the books, which I hope to get back to and develop. Um, and then that information is going to go to my friend Guy um, in some, in um, in France, who now owns the Vortex. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, it's Guy. Yeah, yeah, I talk to Guy once in a while, yeah. Cool. Right, so anyways, um, so now all the Vortexes are B24F, F for France, because I'm sending him the tooling, I'm sending him everything. But so as we were going through the generations, the other person, uh, well, the person that probably contributed to the most of the development is Dave Dubner, the guy that gave me the Uncle Vito race bike. So he was doing a lot of the testing. He's the one that probably took it from Generation 1 to Generation 7 uh, because he was testing it so extensively and pushing it to the max. We had to figure out how to modify the float bowl because once you de-restrict the Venturi, it can flow a ton more air, which means you can flow a lot more fuel, which means you have to modify the, the float bowl so we can keep up with that. You have an increased air curve, fuel curve, and now you have to have a, an increased supply curve. And uh, thanks to Dave, and, and it's just a ton of just like trial, trial, trial. Uh, it got to what it is now, the Crazy 8. And the Crazy 8 was like, it's the most efficient, most tunable, um, and, you know, I don't know, probably the most tuner friendly. Cool, because I am, I am from the school. I don't like SI carburetors. I also don't like rotaries, which, you know, why I'm into Vespa. <laughs> I like reeds. Every we've been we started on Stella, so it's all been uh, you know reeds, and instead of having the smaller reeds that's on the Stella engines, has plopped a big RD three fifty reeds on them, and then from there go with Delortos. And I've every engine I've built now had either twenty eight or thirty millimeter Delorto on it. Yeah, and, I, and that's hustling. There, yep. I like by now I I know them in and out. I can like th throw away uh, you know starting adjustment, uh, starting tune to them, and then work, work my way up from there. But sure. every time I, I look at an SI, I'm like, yeah, I'm like that's got to go. I don't know. But change my mind. Why Why are the SI carbs great? Um, just because you can use the oil injection, and they're simple. Um, and, of course, you know, they're not the most efficient, but they are, you know, engineered for the best fit intake, right? Um, so there's a guy, do you know Lewis, I mean, sorry, Lucas Tobias, I think it's Grubber. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Probably, you know him? We talked a little bit. So, now, have you been following his disc valve timing? I, uh, not really. No. Uh, well, because you're a reed guy, and that's <laughs> why. So, anyway, they're the disc valve, so I just ended up building um, an 82cc Simonini open class disc valve engine for Treatland mopeds, um, and Andy Thompson is going to be, it's his moped, he's going to be racing in it in the Moped GP, 
which is coming up in like May, right? Middle of May or something. Uh, so anyway, so Lucas has been sharing the information about the, the disc valve and cool pictures and, it, you know, so when I was doing the setup for this uh, moped engine, this, this custom Vespa moped disc valve engine, uh, some of the information that he had helped me choose where to set the valve time because they're making like, oh, uh, depending on, you know, on what day, but they're, they're claiming up to like 25 horse, which is like amazing. Uh, 8,000 RPMs, uh, 25 horse, um, with a 200 degree intake timing, which is totally badass. Mm -hmm. And another time I heard him claim that he was getting like 22, 23. Um, so it depends on the dyno, and it depends, you know, I mean, there's factors that are happening. But in the low 20s with the stock 24 running like, you know, 135, maybe 140, right? Mm -hmm. So with a Vortex, that kind of disc valve time, you'd be running a 190 main. Oh, wow. Okay. Hold on. I lost you there. Larger because the ingredient found machine venturi inside the, the vortex. The restriction of the air was having like the logic and all that stuff. Lots of information. I lost you there for a second. Can you repeat? You were talking about 190 intake. Uh, non, uh, non, oh, sorry, 190 degrees. Uh, yeah. Time. No, actually, so it's it's a 200 degree valve time, okay. and so with that with a 200 degree valve time, he's probably running a 140, 145 main jet mm -hmm. with a stock SI24 at 8,000 RPMs with a Melosi Sport. He's seeing that they're getting between uh, 22 and 25 horsepower. Mm -hmm. he was using my Vortex. You'd be using a 190 main. That's yeah, that's a huge difference. Okay. And that's because of the machine venturi and the increased uh, volume with the airbox. I gotta talk to Guy then to get a, uh, a vortex. Who? <laughs> what to Guy? Guy. Guy Francois. Guy in France. All right. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, I'm sorry. What you're gonna talk? To, uh, well, he. I sent him. All the paperwork uh -huh. uh, to do all the machining, and I'm gonna send him the actual bit that I used because the uh, the vortex has a two degree draft. And two degrees is like somehow like the nature's magic number, but uh, I'm actually sending him the tool that I machined all the vortexes that I've ever machined with, like you know almost 600 of them. Right? He's getting that tooling. He has all the all the specs to build the velocity specs. And uh, and I'm going to be sending him the uh, special screws to make the adjustable air jets. Cool. Yeah. I was uh, I was cleaning a garage, uh, cleaning out a garage with a friend today, and we were talking about you know having you tonight on on the podcast, and he's like, yeah, just just tell him to make you a vortex for your uh, SS. Uh, unfortunately, the. Uh, well, that they would have to come from a guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I gotta talk to him now. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he's got to, He's warming up his project, so he needs. To, he still needs the tooling. I'm, I'm making up a little care package for him. Um, but uh, he's like, he's doing it by hand. He's floating out the uh, the shape of the body. But now he has the actual drawings. Um, so it comes get him a little bit more uh, of an understanding of you know of where 
the uh, the draft starts um, because where the guy where the where the air comes in and then where it meets up with like you know the, the peak of the venturi with the highest velocity and then drafts out from there uh, that's important mm-hmm. okay yeah I'm, I'm marking down talk to talk to Keith. <laughs> you built uh, you built that that 200 SS with what was it 16 ish horsepower yeah and you know what that's uh so that was I believe I can't remember who uh, that was for. Uh, super nice guy, but I wish he would get rid of the expansion chamber. Uh, I know he likes the expansion chamber, um, but that's the second piston port that I've tested with an expansion chamber, and they rev out immediately. Like um, I made some little conversion discs. I mean, it's conversion spacers out of bronze for the um, uh, guy in Southern California, Jeff Guys. Um, and he's going to run a Melosi upgear kit on his, because I made him a handful of uh, top ends. Okay. Um, and they just rev out uh, super fast, So, but they pull hard, so if you put an upgear kit on it, then you're going to get the miles per hour. Um, but there's a guy on the Central Coast, um, and supposedly he got, I don't know, he's a, he's a small guy, um, but somebody said he got clocked at doing some crazy number. Um, but when I was running it, I mean, it looked like it, I was doing 70. Now, you can't tell by the best of speedometers, yeah, yeah. you know, right. So, but when I was breaking it in and doing the, some stretches on it, uh, it was doing an indicated 70, like, no problem. Um, but that had, I can't remember if that had a big, I think that had a big box on it. So, I mean, I think that the expansion chambers for the piston port, unless they were specifically made for the piston port, I don't recommend them. The, the the box pipes have way better power spread. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, that's uh, Carmine's. It's the same port timing. Um, I think it's like a it's 145 uh, intake with a 165 168 exhaust, and then you take the uh, the important thing about the uh, the intake more than uh, the intake time. It's 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 better to add area to the intake than it is time because more time means more time more more time you have for blowback at low RPM uh-huh. but the, effic- the efficiency of any of those ports is area and time so if you can increase the area then you don't need the time wait you're saying 145 165 correct okay. yeah uh, and in some cases like my friend Lombretta um, he's probably running a 145 at like 67% uh, cord width on the intake, okay. and then probably uh, like a 167 on the exhaust. It's actually a modified Dean speed kit. It runs pretty good. It's crazy to think that 145. Is that a piston ported thing? Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's symmetrical. It's symmetrical. It's symmetrical intake timing. Hold on. The freight chain's on the literally on the other side of the of my shop wall. <laughs> um, yeah, so like 150 degrees uh, for a piston port is a lot. Mm-hmm. Like that's race bike. Yeah. Like 155, but again, too, if you can get the area, you don't need those big intake times. Uh, and it's funny because Mark Broadhurst in one of his you know little. Um, 
he was doing some like I don't know, kind of like a blog or something. But he had kind of disclosed about the area and time, and I knew the time and area made up, you know, what a two strokes, you know, power is and where it is and yeah. how it is. But I didn't know about piss and poor intake times uh, in area. That's why if you look at some like the really old school, I think it's like the VS5, the intake is like a rectangle. It has a ton of area, but it's only open for a super short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And that actually might be because of the, uh, the short rod, the 105 rod. Yeah, it's, what's surprising to me is 145. Like, why is it so much higher in a piston ported than in other engines, right? Well, actually, the piston port's the lowest. A disc valve is 200. Or 185 is, oh, is the normal. Oh, I see what we're talking about. I, I, I thought of something. I thought of the, 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 the area in the cylinder. Okay. You know, like uh, you, you measure piston down is open for, I want to say, 125 degrees, and then your exhaust is open for 175 inside the cylinder, uh, not combining it with the oh, crankshaft. Yeah. Or in this case, you combine uh, it with well, the piston, there, there, right? There's, well, the bottom of the piston is the control. Uh, the bottom of the piston has a controlling edge for the intake. Mm-hmm. That's the 145, and then your transfers will be in the 120 something. Okay. And then your exhaust is in the in the you know high 160s for this kind of tune. Okay, now I now I got it. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's all about. The information. Cool. I'm taking notes wildly here. This is. Podcasters oh. for me. I'll never release this. <laughs> uh, this is a free. This is all about. Sure. No, no I'm, jo- I'm. I'm joking. No. No, I. I already learned a lot. Holy crap. I mean, I have. We've, we've started. We started it by doing, you know, Molossi scooters, like I explained earlier, seventy cc automatics for the racetrack. And I got Kimco, Super Nine. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I have an MHR 72cc kit for which I get. I have actually two of them, which I guess back then was like hen Steve. The uh, the Kimco is a Minarelli horizontal style, but it's Dio. It's Dio stroke bore. Oh, interesting. Okay, I I did right. I did an air yeah. salt. I did a Super 8 with an air salt kit, and I I made like really butchered together an intake. Uh, with a, with a right. VM20 yeah, Bikuni they... exhaust. And it worked fine. It worked great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we did those engines back then. And uh, to to be able to race in a Molossi Cup, you needed to have Molossi... Um, you know... How do, what's the word? What's the English word? Oh, God. Um, Molossi needed to wave these parts, right? Molossi vented parts. So you were only allowed to use the certain... A certain tire, you only allowed to use it, you know, certain carbs and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, a spec class. Yeah. And they, it was crazy. Yeah, they had like four Moto, yep. uh, not uh, super bike riders that came in for one race, destroyed everyone, and then went home. <laughs> um, this was in Spa in Belgium. Wow. They have a car track in the middle. The first time we went, it, I, I was just blown away. Uh, the, the, that was 2006 we went to spectate and in 2007 we went for our first race uh, in the Belgian series and that year we also went for the, the Molossi Cup uh, that one I don't remember how that one went but I remember our first ever race we came in second 
Badass. And uh, he's his shop now is full, 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 full of of trophies. Uh, took took home several Belgian championships, and he built great. He builds great engines. Um, we've always that's that's who I learned from, right? That's what I was getting at. Uh, it's like I'm I'm by yeah, no cool. means a, a a taught mechanic, but I had a great mentor who taught me how to massage parts together. You know, don't use a hammer. <laughs> Well, yeah, and uh, I mean, if uh, any good mentor is just going to teach you how to teach yourself, yeah. I mean, you know, your path is your, you know, you got to absorb the energy at your own, I mean, the information at your own rate. Yeah, so we're building, I'm doing a little homage for him right now. We're doing a Minerali 70cc in a 1982 Yamaha CA50. That was actually... CA, what's that? The CA is... I know what the CH is. No, CA. A, like Alpha, yeah. right? The Yamaha CA50 right. was, I want to say... Oh, it's, a, so it's, a, it's like a jog or something? No. it. The engine was the first iteration of the horizontal, like the pre-bug engines, right? Like the horizontal cylinder okay. engine. I still have it in my garage. I kind of want to clean it up and put it back together because it's so cool. But we put we put a horizontal Minarelli and a European Minarelli engine in it. Uh, it looks the bike originally looked like a Japanese interpretation of a Lambretta. Tight. So it ha- it has it actually has plastic side cowls that you can take off, where you can get to your engine or to your. We have wiring on one side now. Uh, and it's super funny. And this is the Yamaha? Yamaha CA50, yeah. They were sold as the Salient 50 in Canada and the rest of the world. What was it the called? The Salient. S-A-L-E-I-S-A-L-I-E-N-T. I don't think they sold that uh, in, well, not in California. Um, what year? Is it early 80s? 82, yeah. This this one's an 82 model. Yeah, so I think they called it the Yamaha Jog uh, in California. No, no, this does it looks nothing like the Jog. Okay. Um, I know, I know what you're talking. about. This looks more like the Riva that came later. Okay. Uh, but we had yeah. uh, we had a Joe from Saint Cycle Works. I had a Molossi fork for it, and he uh, basically made the fork work. So we have a Molossi fork in it, which meant we had to cut up all kinds of plastics to make it fit. Sure. Yeah, it's gonna be silly. Jo- Joe, Joe made me uh, tuned me a uh, top performance uh, cylinder. Everything is kind of like an homage to 2003. Is when I started in the you know cool. in the 50 scene. So most parts are kind of from that era. Uh, the intake yeah. is different, but I I found Yazuni makes the the C line right, the C16 to the C30. Pipes, yeah, right. and yeah. Uh, back then the C20 was all the rage. That was the highest you could get. It was the C20, and then later it was C21, and then the C30. I found SIP had a C20 still in stock, so we got no that way. just because it was so 2003. That's yeah, that's like my that's like my 1980 Simonini pipe. Mm-hmm. I, it's a period thing. Yeah, at some point, I mean, building like the most modern tech possible is totally cool, but then also building a period machine is is equal. The intake, the intake is not period, but the ignition is. It's like the HBI analog in a rotor ignition, which back then was all wow. the rage. And, and I'm just stoked about it. We fired it up the other day for the first time. It revved over. I got to plumb the fuel and plumb the water, but I think it will rip and it will be great. And 
it's a piece of plywood. We'll try to keep it as stock as possible, so no, no you know, no straight bars or anything. Uh, sure. We're using all the original buttons, original controls, all that stuff. Are you familiar? Are you familiar with the uh, scooter swap yeah, shop? Yeah, Brandon uh, and Carter. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've, I'm, I've I've been trying to get them on here. I gotta get them on here. They cool. do, they're doing some rad stuff, and I think they have they're living the dream of what every sixteen year old European kid wants to do, you know, write their stuff legally, on the street because you can kind of do what you want here, as long as it's street sure. safe, right? The fact that uh, they can write a twin cylinder on the street, and get thumbs up instead of you know get pulled over, right? It's just America for you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Wild West. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I love the things they do. Uh, you did, you did some Dio. No, no, no. They, they're coming out with a Honda Dio cylinder. I think I saw a prototype the other day. Which a one? Honda Dio. An 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 okay. AF AF sixteen cylinder. Okay. I I I gloss over fa stuff too fast on Facebook. That's why I don't. <laughs> I should read more. Uh. Uh, I'm doing a, I'm doing an AF 34 case for uh, uh, Joseph Daniels. 34. That's uh, so you mean a uh, two cylinder one? No, the, uh, I believe it's the AF 34. Oh. Where is that? You know what I'm talking about? It's got the reed induction uh, in the center of the case instead of the oh, side okay. of the case. Oh, okay. Okay, I got you. Mm-hmm. Okay. There it is. You see it? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I guess my friend he says it's the uh it's the tuning of this century. Got one put it right here. Oh, oh rad, oh, wow, that is cool. And then here's uh, a guy from Kentucky, here's his uh his Honda Hobbit. We're gonna go big and put a metric kit on that. Uh, it's welded all the way around. Uh, oh yeah, here's the. Uh, I don't know if you can see that. That's the Treatland moped heads that are uh, hybrid water. Uh, those are gonna be for uh, for Gorellis. Uh huh. <laughs> cool. Uh -huh. What? Um... Oh yeah. Here. What's in it? Do you have any build that you would like to do in the future? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, let's see if I can. Uh, uh, can you see? The video quality isn't too good. Okay. I see a moped. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, my some Okay, yeah. That's uh. Oh well. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna go closer to the Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. So I have uh these guys. Do you see them? Right. So that's uh, this limbed right here has uh, race history. That's from Brad Coates, mm -hmm. and then that's a cool bike that was given a best. That's a rally, and then I don't know if you can see those. That's a uh, SX 200, Ooh. and then a TV 200, and then oh, it's probably too dark. And then I got a Super Sport. Oh, there's there's like eight of them. Around here, it's uh, we have 74 square, 7,400 ah, square feet. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I have a 
VNB that's next. All I, I stripped all the paint off of it. It's kind of rusty and pitted, and I'm just gonna you know clear coat it. And the sure. rest is gonna be I like I'm I'm curious now. I I got a Polini 208 kit that I got through some horse trading, and the fact that you're so. Uh, oh so yeah, I'll have to. Uh, there. Uh, well, see, I need. To, I'm gonna make a little mini protractor mm -hmm. and go in and start measuring. Uh, Joseph Daniels, thank you, Joseph. He's a. Uh, he makes horsepower uh, by redirecting the scavenging loop, mm -hmm. right? So he has somehow like broken into like the another dimension where he can visualize how the scavenging loop is working, right? How it's collecting, you know, I mean, total, total next level. So with, by just even bringing up that conversation, I'm gonna start educating myself and all the different cylinders and all the different angles. So I'm gonna take, uh, make my like a little mini protractor, and then start measuring Polini, Melosi, Panasco. I'll start measuring everything, and then like other, uh, taught, um, other I don't know two-stroke applications, um, and see like you know like a quad or motocross or road race, and then just start compiling all the different information. Uh, and learning about, okay, this cylinder has the peak horsepower here, this has peak horsepower here, what are the angles, what are the relationships, and then just start building an education like that. But I think that the Melosi Sport, yeah. the new one, I think they totally ripped off the Cast Iron 208, because it pulls like a great train. Melosi 210, the original MHR, if you, know, you get it in the power band, you have the right pipe, you got the right CFM, I mean, they're really hard to beat. But the thing about the Polini 208 is that I'll go uphill against the wind all day, every day. Like you never come out of that. It's like you'll never drop out of the power band. Yeah, I, I'm stoked because I, I it has the MMW head for it too. Um, like the the, the you know what I'm talking about. It's like a cut head for it. And, yeah. Uh, uh, and then I came into a 62 millimeter crankshaft, so we'll see what I can come up with. Well, that cast iron isn't going to be good for 62 millimeter. The best thing to use that kiss the 62 millimeter is any is any kit that's made uh, for a 60. Okay. Because then you can at least you can put because then it's already got the uh, added top. I have been saving like Melosi cylinders, you know, just in my travels. I'll probably have like four or five of them, and I'm going to cut them up and then add like 12 millimeters or something. I forget. Uh, I have it laid out, but add like you know. I think it's probably about 12 meters, about a half an inch. Um, have it well, have my buddy uh, weld it onto another Melosi, machine it so it all key, you know, fits mm -hmm. in. Um, have them weld it inside out, and then send it out to get plated at Millennium, and then I can make countersink heads to work with that of a stroke. So I can work, but I want to base it around the 60, but um, the 62 is also cool. So, and then when you add 12 millimeters to the top of the cylinder, that allows you to take however many millimeters off the bottom of the cylinder to put the ports down at bottom dead center instead of like the piston going really below them. Which is still not a problem. I've seen a lot of other cylinders where the piston still continues mm -hmm. down and the, and the flow is fine. Um, but, uh, you know, as long as the duration is where it's supposed to be. But in this case, I'd be able to machine the bottom of the cylinder and put the ports exactly where I want them and then put the exhaust port where I want it. And I probably want it to do like you know eight grand 
make all the power around eight grand, so it's not like buzzing the engine all day. Mm -hmm. Put an updrive in it, and then water cool it. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Water cool. I have a peak. But yeah, as far as like the next build, it's either going to be the Brad Coates uh, West Coast Lumbretta Works uh, 230 uh, number 66 with race history, mm. or my small frame. Huh. I have a yeah. All right. I mean it. Yeah. I picked up a Tough. PK from a guy who used to race up here in the Midwest. He was at uh, it was Mike out of Cleveland. That's all I remember. It was Mike out of Cleveland, hmm. and it was an orange PK with number six hundred sixty-six on it. Oh, I remember that bike. I remember seeing pictures of it. And yeah. And he he had it set up for water cooling. So that back then I think it was the Falk water cooled cylinder in the wow. engine. He sold the engine, so all we got was the frame. And uh, I, it's sitting there. I'm, I'm waiting for an opportunity to do something with it because this is America, and you can ride it on the street if you want. Yeah, it would, it would be awesome to, to build, you know, an ESC European scooter racing bike, basically, and then put a plate on it and ride it around. Well, there's a guy uh, in Southern California that's a Quattrini uh, 200. Oh yeah, yeah. We we came and we came into contact with an uh, an Italian dude up in Detroit who just built an M two hundred. I actually have. He came over. I have a video coming out on this. Uh, we built a uh, Quattrini two sixty for him. He had he got the big King Vela crankshaft, the sixty four, cases machine wow. out, and it it was super easy to build this thing. Aside from getting the the timings right with spacing it top and bottom, a little bit, there was nothing complicated about it. Like cool. nowadays, you can buy stuff and it falls together, right? That's what you were saying earlier. Like everything is, they got you out of a job. <laughs> right. Well, that's cool because you know what? My other passion has been design, which is Edward Albert design, mm -hmm. uh, which is modern design, and with like you know, it's contemporary design with modern influences, uh, and that pays so much better. I mean, the two-stroke's cool, but it's like my twenty-year-old dream, yeah. right? And so I've lived it and I've had fun. The, the moped guys, they are awesome. I love the guys at Treatland. They treated me really well. Uh, Benji gave me this really beautiful um, Lambretta ignition. It's like uh, HPI. Uh -huh. um, I'm going to do a little blog about it and put it on my page. But um, LTH sells it. Um, and they call it, it's like their, their own. But it's actually, it's, I think it's out of Holland. But the company's called uh, HPI. Yeah, I, I and have HPI ignition on the 70 that we building. Right. So they make them for small frame Vespas. They don't make them for large frames, but they make them for small frame Vespas. Um, no, they make one for you large frames. take frame. that back. They no, do. No, I, I was going to say I take that back. Right. But the, uh, the flywheel is way too, way too light. Yeah, yeah it's like 600 you know, I don't know grams what the application... or 900 grams. Yeah, so I mean, you can maybe use it on a 125 or 150, like a small displacement because mm -hmm. you have auto retard. You know, it might work for a P200. It might kind of have a wandering um, you know, deceleration, yeah. um, but um, they make it for Lambretta, which has like a super pack of coils, so it'd be like high output, and it's also auto retard, beautiful quality, lasered uh, flywheel, the flywheel weights in between like the uh, Arthur Francis J-style flywheel and like a stock Indian, so it's like they really do their homework on the weight, and then it's a beautiful billet fan that bolts on it, I mean, it's, it's hard to believe, it's an ignition company, but it looks like they're a Lambretta company, uh -huh. right? I mean, it looks like something out of, like, Casa would do. Um, just all super beautiful quality. I love my HPI on my um, on my Honda Hobbit. That thing, it turned it from being, like, 
a fast moped into like a mini motorcycle. It was awesome. Wow. I I will look into that HPI. I remember LTH oh, and announced well, a while ago. Uh, HPI also makes an interrotor for a Lumbretta, no lights, but full race interrotor. And then I believe they also make a kit for the LD. Huh? Right? Yeah. It's like how crazy is that? Because you can get an HPI auto advanced, you know, trick race ignition for your LD or D or you know whatever that generation yeah. is. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's ignitions. Do you have you made good experience with ignitions on Vespas? Because I, I, you know, it's like the last thing you should change. Not not that you should change, but it's a lot of money for something that works pretty well, otherwise already. Well, personally, I like the blue. I like regular Ducati, yeah. the stock '80s Ducati. I machine the flywheels down to uh, 1800 grams it's like from six pounds to four um, I personally like that because that's kind of what I've grown up with um, and so with like the Polini and the Ducati it's a power that I'm like you know I've worked around um, what I like about the uh, four pound flywheel uh, and a four speed is that when you um, you know when you tack out a gear and you shift it right it's like a slingshot throwing you into the next mm -hmm. gear. I mean, it literally has so much energy, sh you know, saved up. And if you shift it right, it goes right into the next gear. And I love that. I'll like pass somebody right there. <laughs> Boom. The um, so the the 221 that I built for my wife has the Molossi divest power on it with the what's it 1.3 kilos, mm. and it's way too light, especially yeah. on the 200. Now it was already it was a nightmare to even leave on the clutch on the stroke Polini uh, and back then she was a beginner rider so but it was uh, I'm not I'm not judging you okay <laughs> but it was a, a steep learning hey, we all got we all started yeah, somewhere. No, it was a steep learning curve and I remember our friend Matt said like is carrot okay in the ride and I'm like climb on it try it and he stalled right there well yeah. so the point is like before we start this season uh, when I get a, a, a free minute, I'm going to put a stock P200 ignition on it and she'll be so much because it's already a super grunty engine, right? And then she'll have all that weight and it will be. Uh, I would do it. I would do it with the uh, the PX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, um, the PX125 flywheel. I got one of those uh, lighter. No, no, no. Well, the European ones. Yeah. the one. Well, it's the ring gear version, but without the yes, ring gear. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because those are, those are already four pounds. That's. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm taking notes again. You know, I do everything in grams. I, I do everything in grams always. Good. I did. Uh, what was it the other day? I tried to compare because there's so many Stella engines here. I tried to compare the the Stella flywheels. And uh, those are good. Those are good too. The actually. newer ones, so they have a ring gear pressed onto them, mm -hmm. and they are heavy. They're about. Uh, well, heavy compared to the old ones. They're 1,900 something grams with the ring gear on it. And then you can... Right, so if you pull the ring gear yeah. off, right. And it comes yeah. off super easy. I, I don't know how it stays on there, actually. It came off with a couple of taps of the screwdriver. And uh, the the earlier Stella ones, which had the uh, pickup outside, the outer pickup, um, they're about 1,600, 1,700 grams. I think it's like sixteen sixty something yeah. like that. It's um, right. the perfect weight. 
yeah, not the perfect weight, but more or less, it's it's right there where you want it. Yeah, it's yeah. a good weight. I think that's a good weight for for the tunes that I did. I mean, I don't want to like. I feel that if I'm, you know, my bike will rev. Uh, my tachometer says I've taken it to 7,800 RPMs. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel most comfortable shifting at seven. You know, I'll take it to like 7,500, 7,600 if I'm like trying to pass somebody or like you know, you know going up a hill or something. Um, but it's like I don't really enjoy taking you know like a P towards 8,000 RPMs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do, do you think it's the bane of someone who builds engines? You know, you don't want to punish. Do you, you don't want to punish what you built. Uh, well, now I don't because in my time's more precious. But when I was a kid, man, I was like, I went through tires, clutches, and brakes like every other month. But it was my recreation and my transportation. I, yeah. I um, before I let you go, we've been going on for an hour. After you came back, <laughs> I wanna I wanna ask about one thing, and that's that chopper that's in uh, one of your pictures. I've seen I've seen Lombretta choppers, you know, from the U from the UK. How did you come into building one, or d did you build one, or did you get did you get it at some point? How how did you come about that uh, Vespa chopper? So the frame came from my friend uh, Ben Cosmala. Uh, he had a chopper. He had a full frame chopper uh, where they just like extend the stock forks. Him and another friend of mine, uh, Kurt Thu. They were the first two chopper guys uh, in Southern California. And then Ben uh, was going to build a cutdown but bailed on it. So I picked up the cutdown and, um, you know, we're totally broke, 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 right? And, and so I ended up making my seat out of, like, an old ping pong table. And I didn't upholster it. It was just, you know, I'm used to riding, like, BMX bikes, right? So, hey, it's got a, it's got a shock absorber underneath it. It's the most comfortable thing I've ever ridden in my life, right? Um, and then I found a local welding shop that uh, extended a set of forks. The original set of forks that were on it were uh, extended to about, uh, I think, maybe like one and a half or two feet. But they were raked out, so the scooter was really, really, really low. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and then the, the pictures of that bike uh, with those forks, uh, it had a, a black and white kind of uh, Jersey cow paint shop for a while. Um, and then a local friend of mine uh, named Thomas, I can't remember his last name, but he worked for Scooter Mania in San Fernando Valley. Um, he has brother Vince. They're totally cool, hardcore scooter guys. It's cool to see the guys so hardcore about it. And uh, he had a, next door to Scooter Mania was a spiral staircase manufacturer, right? I mean, hardcore fabrication. Well, they took, uh, you know, a, a single piece of, thick wall tubing, bent it, you know, 90 degrees, it's just like three different bends, and then cut the um, the ends off, uh, uh, cut the stem and the ends off of Lombretta forks, welded them onto that, you know, bent tube, and uh, he built the bike, maybe rode it around his neighborhood, and then bailed on it, and then I ended up getting the forks in, in a trade, and I put it on the frame that I got from Ben Cosmala, and actually rode it with the... Uh, I think by the time I can put the long forks in, I got the seat upholstered, um, and then that's when we're doing the long distance rides on it. But 
I forget. It was something. I forget what the actual length of it was, but it was super long. Is that that picture uh, where you were uh, doing the, you know, the the hello sign? It had a sissy bar on it. Because I, I just pulled a picture up on video here. Right. Okay. Correct. Cool. Yeah. So that's the way. That's the forks I got from Thomas. Uh, that's on the rides. Uh, that was riding with uh, the LA Nomads. Um, from I met him uh, like in Malibu. Um, and then we took the one, and it rained the whole time. We were wearing, like, trash bags. It's funny. And, of course, you know, drinking peppermint shops because that's what you do when you're young. Um, and uh, we rode up the one, and it actually took us two days to get there because it was just so miserable. It was like you're riding on the coast, and there's, like, monsoons coming through. Um, and uh, so but we ended up getting there uh, the second day, and uh, it was pretty Epic. This uh, rides of uh, Monsters of Scoot in San Jose um, was like it was epic. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and that was taken by my. I was gonna say that was taken by my friend's girlfriend uh, driving next to us. But yeah. I think I muted myself there. Yeah, I. I just do you see it? Hold on, I'm showing it to my wife. It's just so cool. Um, well, I'm I gotta say we I think we'll stop here. We got uh, almost an hour and a half in, and it, it was amazing. It was great to have you on. I'm I'm almost like not almost. I'm deeply honored to have you on because you know your name means something. Thanks, um, Lee. I appreciate it. This was cool. It's fun. Uh, I'm happy to uh, share your notes, <laughs> and I think so. I think I'm gonna do an SS build inspired by your notes. So it'll be the Hot Rod L SS build, something like that. <laughs> you know, not not too. Cool. As a matter of fact, I have a couple other pages. Uh, I don't know if the one that you have does it say Walter Stucky on it. I think so. I I mean I just looked this yeah. one up that was on your page. So there's one that says like Hal, something or other. He's from Seattle. He got a pretty cool tune. Mm -hmm. But the most the most current one where I cut the crank uh, into like a pork chop and put a motorcycle rod on okay. it, uh, that is so I mean so the crankcase volume and all that stuff's matched for the bigger bore. Uh, but that was Walter Stuckey's, and that's like I don't know. They told me he got clocked at ninety. <laughs> I don't know how many stories. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean how many? But I know that when you know indicated when I was riding it, it was showing seventy. And truth be told, I've done that build many times. And, you know, it's just for one reason or another, sometimes they just come out like that. Mm -hmm. um, but, again, too, you know, 90, it takes a lot of horsepower and money to do 90. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he's also a very small guy. And, you know, I don't know. So, But whatever, that's the lore. Um, and if you don't have those notes, I will definitely share those notes. Yeah, uh, you can contact me, you know, afterwards. Um and then I'll give you the other notes. You can compare. There's only slight variations. I think most of them were just, uh, you know, the width or maybe some transfer mm -hmm. alterations. But we'll cover that later. First, I got to break mine, so I'll write it a lot this year, <laughs> so I get a chance to, uh, cool. to find, uh, like to find an excuse to tear it apart again. Oh, and then uh, I'm gonna, and on my super sport cases, I'm gonna put a TS1 kit. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, and that's 60 strokes, so it'll make it a two, uh, 230. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know those cases aren't rare enough. <laughs> well, actually, I have a set of cases that uh, it's they're totally. Hopefully, I can get them apart. I'm gonna have to use a blowtorch, but it was like they're underwater, so it's one big rusty clump. So yeah. you know, you can do what you want. 
Yeah. Well, thank you. This was amazing. Um, do you have anything you wanna yeah. you wanna share? Anything you wanna plug? Anything in the future coming up that you? Wanna... Um. No, I mean we're uh, we're fo- we're focusing on our design stuff. I'm just hoping to you know attend as many scooter rallies or events as possible to reconnect with my friends and see some of my past customers that have been really good with the support. Um, and you know from here on out, it's just about the adventure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, if you're ever in the Midwest or wherever the future takes us, um, you're invited if you're in the area. <laughs> well, I was going to say, too, if you ever want to come and check out Clovis or any of these other areas, if you look up online, you can kind of get a just, you know, get an idea of what they're like. And if you wanted to come down and check them personally, I would definitely show you around. That's how Eric Swanson, he came here. We showed him around. So he's picked a specific area that had the, uh, the, the school district that he wanted for his kid, mm-hmm. which actually worked out really well. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'll stop thanking you here in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) No worries, man. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. This was uh, TST Podcast number five, and I will see you next time.